This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm back in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 9th, episode 2387. This episode today is brought to you by Kemen Industries. Good morning, Horse World. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of year. This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, your grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. Everybody is back. I even have a voice. Usually when I leave PodFest, I can't talk for three days. But uh, I have somewhat of a voice left. And you're back coughing and sneezing and hacking. And uh, it's not coronavirus, right? It's. It, I, uh, I hope not. I don't I don't want to jinx myself. <laughs> but no, I just have a sinus infection. Okay. Oh, uh, only that? That's no only, big deal. <laughs> only that. I mean, yeah. it, I did have another thing that happened to me over last week. And I never talked about it on the air. But um, can I tell you one of the worst things you can get catch? One of the worst things you can get. I mean, I'm sure coronavirus Gout might be worse, is but, pretty bad. I hear uh, pink eye. Oh. oh my god, <laughs> I've had pink eye for like the last week, and I did yeah, you I get just, on a plane with pink eye? Did they like scan you and uh, run you through a, a a car wash first? So I started with um antibiotics. Like I got the antibiotics and the eyes and everything, and so by the time I was going to get on the plane and go to Monty's, I was supposed to be better, and. I wake up the morning I'm supposed to leave, and have you seen the movie The Goonies? Yeah, yes. I you know, know. Sloth. Old one, that, a long time ago. Remember Sloth? <laughs> You'll never forget Sloth. Yes. That's what I look like <laughs> on Thursday morning. So I basically get to California and I go to a doctor, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're allergic to your medication for your eyes. Well, that's great. <laughs> I'm allergic to my pink eye medications, and now I'm a hot mess. And uh, were people but, walking three feet around you, dude? I ca- I was like, I acted like a millennial. I like put my hoodie up and like <laughs> had earbuds in and wore sunglasses. You're lucky in the those guys in the hazmat suits didn't just drag you away and throw you in quarantine just because. It's true, but I was um I I I didn't mean to throw millennials under the bus. I kind of I <laughs> pretended like I was like an international spy, and like if, if I can't see anybody, nobody gets to be like trench Ready. coat, sunglasses, hat, the whole thing, hair pulled down in front of my face, so oh my nobody God. saw me. 
Oh my God. Well, we're going to hear more about your trip over to Flag is Up Farm in California and uh, in, a, in a little bit. Also, we have a breed highlight coming up. We're going to talk about the Galicino horses, which are basically pony size horses that are stinking cute. We're going to talk about them. They're right up the road from me, actually, in Live Oak. Not too many left in the United States. We haven't had a breed highlight in a while, so I'm excited about that. You headed over to Monty's. Was this Horses in Healing, by the way? Horse Sense and Healing. Horse yes, sense it was. Healing. Okay, good. We'll hear about that. I was at PodFest for the last five days. We can talk a little bit about the world of podcasting. And uh, we got some question first world problems. Auditors, stay around for the post show as I share more from PodFest. And also, we're going to chat about the coronavirus. And because, pink eye. It's going to be riveting. Eye. Yes, it's going to be so exciting. I got some observations that I want to share from being in Orlando for a week during coronavirus time. I so, don't know if anybody's we'll listening to to our pre and post show. Oh, they are like three or four people. No, no. (laughs) Hundreds of people are listening to the post show. So yeah, you're going to get a lot of fun in the today's. Uh, I have some observations, let's just say. And uh, we have some daily winnies like we normally do. And I tried my best here, people. All right, so I got the birthdays I could on Facebook looking back to the time I wasn't here. If I missed yours, it's Facebook's fault, not mine. So happy birthday to auditors Haley Johnson, Kelly Hannigan, and Joe Ann Strauss. Happy birthday to all of you. I have to give my daily winnie to my dear husband who's sitting right behind me. He's always getting your daily winnie. Well, he's perfect. It's not my fault. That's not what you say when he's not standing right behind you. Listen, he's behind me, and that's what we're going with, Glenn. (laughs) Shut it. Um, So he uh, was had to take care of the farm for the last, you know, four days by himself. And I have one horse that needs daily medication, and it's like draw it out of the syringe. You can put it in her food, but you can't. Feed all the horses together. So that means you have to bring all the horses up. You have to separate them all. You have to. It's a lot of work to get one horse medication to keep the other ones from from getting it. And uh, I came in this morning and I'm looking around. I'm like, hey, did Oki get her meds? Yup, she did every, every day. Yes, she did every day. So, I mean, all my dogs are happy. The horses are out in the pasture. They look good. The kids at school. He did something right, and I wanted to give him my daily winning. Oh, look at that! He. Wants it's to, nice he when wants I can to... leave home and not worry. You know, it's yeah, good. That is nice. That is nice. It, it's nice to have babysitter, and not every horse person has a babysitter they they count on. So, I this is my husband, Glenn. I know. <laughs> you notice I said count on. Um. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad he did well. Yes. So, Yay. Thank Everybody's you, baby. still alive. All's good. Well, uh, something that isn't as good is the Gaucho Derby. Uh, remember Uh-oh. we talked about that in Patagonia? There's this uh, very long race, 500 kilometers across the wilds of Patagonia. It started on the 5th of March, so four days ago. And I said I would give updates. Well, this morning... Let's just say when they headed out, they had 80 kilometer an hour, or my, I don't know how to say that, about 40 mile an hour winds and rain. 
when they started out. So they had a whole day of that. It was an absolute mess. Then they started getting in the mountains, and while some of them were up in the mountains, they got this massive snowstorm. So the last couple of days, what they've been trying to do is get them back safely out of the mountains. So uh, I'll read you one of the one of the posts here. It was a cold, rough night for the riders and crew who got caught, caught in the snowstorm, but all are okay and they're on their way off the mountain. Four riders being taken off to the field, off the field as a precautionary measure, which means they're bringing bringing them to the hospital tent. Uh, we hope everyone will be able to rejoin the race more soon. So apparently, this was quite a snowstorm on a mountain with two horses. And there you go. <laughs> I they have apparently, from what I read between the lines of having followed these the adventurous for many years, they kind of try downplay everything. They sent people up there to get them out, uh, really? and they did say that if you noticed, if you're following dots, you see everybody reversing course and going backwards. It's because we're trying to get them off the mountain. And this morning's post was, uh, we are still in the process of resetting the course. The race is on hold. We will let you know when we're about to restart. My guess is these, the, all the horses and people look like popsicles, and they're trying to thaw them out. Um, oh, my gosh. That is crazy. <laughs> would they not... I don't know. Would you? Is this something you would not expect weather-wise for this I, time of year? I do not know. I'm just telling you what I read. And yeah, that, you know, if you take a look at the pictures that are coming out of there, and you can go to theadventurous.com to follow it and look at the pictures, there's snow on all the mountains. <laughs> so if they had to go over a mountain. And what's different about this one, you remember when we follow the Mongol Derby, all the little dots which is the people riding with their GPSs on the map, are all in a row. They're all like in a straight row because they're all following this exact path. Well, this one, remember, they had to navigate on their own, so the dots are all over the place. It's not in a straight line anymore, and I'm sure that makes it harder when they have to go in and get people out in a hurry, right? Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's exciting stuff over at the Gaucho Derby. You're going to want to keep an eye on their Twitter page. It's Gaucho Derby. You can just find it there. And uh, they put, we're posting pictures there and everything, too. So <laughs> excitement down under. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, now, you headed off to Monty's, and, and this was for the, what was it again? Horses? Horse Sense and, and Healing. healing. Okay. And uh, this is where we work with veterans and first responders. And basically, we, you know, teach them join up. Uh, a lot of these people uh, have have some problems, you know, reassimilating into to life coming out of the service or coming off of the, the street. If you're a police officer, you know, the, the, a, a lot of trauma happens to people that you don't always, you know, you can't see on the outside, but it's there on the inside. And uh, so what we do is we we teach them join up, but it's it's more than just teaching them join up, you know, to get it to be successful, to get a join up. That's really, really true and good. You have to really work on your breathing. You have to have your heart rate down. You've got to just really concentrate on who who you are and what energy you're putting out. So kind of the idea is that, you know, you work on controlling yourself around this horse and then you learn control around your family members and your children and all the people that love you that want to see you get back to normal. So I, I had a, a, an amazing weekend. You know, we had some of the guys uh, come back that I saw last time, which were a part of the, the borderline shooting uh, in California. And uh, we had a woman who had jumped out of an airplane for her entire career in the military. She just jumps out of planes, 
perfectly good planes. <laughs> just jumps right out on like on purpose. Um, <laughs> so she was a paratrooper and we had, we had just all kind of ran the gamut. Lots of men, lots of women, just different from different backgrounds. Everybody has different services and, and different things that they've done. We had some military and also some police and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just such a wonderful experience. A lot of times they start the, the, the clinic, you know, you, you look there and they're, they don't try to have their back to the door, their arms are crossed. And then by the end, you know, it's a place where just in three days, it's just such a place of healing. Monty's ranch is just an amazing place to be in general. And then we just, we just help each other. So it is a lot of talking for me. You know, Monty was there, but Monty just came back from Australia. He had been in Australia for two months, Glenn. And <laughs> so he just you were got head back. instructor this time? Yes, I'm wow. the head instructor. Yeah. I actually now am certified in horse uh, sense and healing. And uh, I think there's only four or five, maybe three or four instructors in the world that are certified through Monty's uh, horse sense and healing program. So I'm, I'm honored to be a uh, part of that small club. And so I basically ran the whole thing and, and uh, Monty came down and helped me cause I did have to leave fairly early on uh, Sunday morning to catch my flight, but it was, uh, it's amazing and eye opening and emotional and exciting and sad and heartwarming at the same time, you know, and just, I think the most amazing thing too, is to see how the horses understand the people, you know, like the horse. So, so we used to get really mired in the details of matching the right horse with the right person participant. And, is it was a lot of headache for the instructor to go, oh my gosh, this horse, what, what, what do I think? What, which person is this horse going to go with and this horse? And what you realize is that it doesn't really matter because the horse is going to do what the horse needs to do to be with the human. It's, it's, it just all works out in the end, you know? So I, I made a couple, I, I, I wasn't, familiar with some of the horses, but there were three horses that I worked with over the weekend that have a strong place in heaven already. Like, I mean, there's like a really comfy bed full of carrots that are waiting for three or four of those horses I worked with because they're just angels already on earth. So, uh, the horses really prove that, you know, they get it. They, the horse, horses match your adrenaline. They match your intention. They read intention is what it is. Like you ever seen like a child walk up to a horse and you're like, ah, yeah. and then the child is fine <laughs> yeah. because horses read intention. And it's just amazing to see them read the intention of these, these people that, you know, haven't been, haven't been trusted and don't trust. And to see them all of a sudden have a moment where the horse chooses to be with them and trust them. It is an, it is a highly emotional thing that the, she said I could talk about her. Uh, the woman who was the paratrooper who jumped out of airplanes was utterly terrified of horses when we started. And, and you're going, you jump out of airplanes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you jump out of airplanes. I would never. I, it's, it's, and that's so strange. I'm like, yeah. you can jump out of airplanes, but a horse scares you. So yeah, you choose your, uh, you choose your fears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody has it for you. Afraid of something. Yeah. And, and how you end up at a horse, you know, thing with a, a extreme fear of horses. But, you know, I just said, hey, 
if you want, we, we go, we do a lot of like human, human join ups and like showing them every little detail of what we do during the join up. Um, until they get it. So by the time the horse is in front of them, they're prepared. So we spend a lot of time preparing them. One of them, one of the ladies was like, when are we going to see the horses? I'm like, trust me, <laughs> you'll see the horses, but you'd rather not be confused when you're seeing them. So anyway, this woman, uh, she was really nervous about going in the round pen and doing a join up. And I said, I will be there with you. I will, I will go in there with you. You know, I like link, uh, when people have, um, fear, uh, I'll, I'll go in there and link arms with them and we'll do it together, you know, side by side. And I said, I would do that for her. And, uh, time came for her to do her join up. And she's like, I got it. I got this. <laughs> I was like, yes. Okay. So she goes in there and just does some amazing work. Just amazing join up. The horse comes to her and you know, you, you can't help but cry. She cried, then you know I can't walk. I'm oh, so, you, I walk you cry in at everything. So let's... oh my god, you put a woman in front of me with a horse, like breathing on its ear, <laughs> on her ear, and then she's crying. You know I'm gonna cry. It's ugly. <laughs> so we have to turn around. Then we have to get a picture, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're both crying in the picture. <laughs> and you had pink eye to begin with. So I mean, jeez. I was already a mess. <laughs> yeah. I told everybody too. I was like, you know, when I got there, stay away. Like, hey, uh, yeah, everybody go. It's a very huggy place. You know, everybody hugs each other and like, don't hug me. And they're like, oh, okay. No. Oh, I spent a lot of time doing that over the last five days. Yeah, fist but bump, see, I, fist bump. <laughs> the problem is everybody thinks that I wasn't hugging them because of the coronavirus. I, and for those that don't know, Jamie's the huggiest person you're ever going to meet. I just, I, but I'm like, don't hug me, don't hug me. And they're like, oh yeah. Yeah, we got it. Okay, you're one of those. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm keeping you I'm keeping you healthy. Like if anybody leaves here with pink eye, they're going to know it was me. So stay away. I'm like, I've tried not to get you sick. But uh it, it yeah, I became not contagious apparently on Friday. So whatever. <laughs> well, I want to say how proud I am of my friends and I'm including you in this right now. I mean, look at you and you're going to find out the other friend I'm very proud of later in the show. But um you you if you think 10 years ago when we started this and you were just that girl trying to do eventing, falling off on a regular basis, having <laughs> these horses, and then to see where you've come. And that that wasn't even in your mind's eye 10 years ago when we started this show, doing the Monty thing. It all happened as a result of this. And now look at where you are. I'm so proud of you. Hey, thanks. I, I'm, I'm proud of me, too, because it has been, you know, where you, you look where you are now and you're like, oh, I'm here. It was a long a long road and lots of work, but I got to thank you. Oh, we all for... heard the whining about the testing and stuff along the way. Oh, yeah. No, I was terrified. <laughs> I had to take tests, but I had tests. And uh, yeah, it was, it was it was a lot of work and it was hard, but it was totally worth it. And it's changed my life. And I appreciate you for, you know, if I wouldn't have got hired by you, I wouldn't have even, even learned well, about we all these say things. things happen for a reason. And there was some reason that you said yes to doing this shenanigans. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I appreciate it. And I'm very proud of you. I really am. Thank you. So proud. Well, I, um, we're, we're going to be going to our first guest. We're here in a minute. We're going to have a breed highlight. And we're going to talk about the Galicino horses. And they're pony size, by the way. They're really cute. I want to find out all about them. But first, we have to talk. We have a challenge for you. We want you to grab a bucket and drill 20 holes in the bottom and then fill it with water. That's right. Grab one of those, like, five-gallon pickle buckets, uh, drill about 20 holes in them, and then fill it with water. 
and That's now ridiculous. see how far you can carry it before it's completely empty. Well, maybe not. I'll tell you what. Don't do that. It's a complete waste of time. And you're going to ruin a perfectly good bucket because you know how this experiment ends. It ends with an empty bucket. What you might not know is leaks in your horse's intestinal barrier, known as leaky gut syndrome, can result in various health and welfare problems. In fact, gut issues are the number one cause of premature death in horses. Good nutrition and attention to gut health can alleviate the negative impacts of stress and help promote immunity, performance, healthy weight, nutrient absorption, and a positive attitude. Kemen is the industry leader in gut health solutions. For optimal gut health, ensure your feed includes Clostat and Butapearl ZEQ from Kemen. Learn more at kemen.com slash leaky gut. That's kemen, K-E-M-I-N dot com slash leaky gut. And now let's go to Dr. Richard Blaney and find out about Galicino horses. Well, hi, Rick. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And I'm so excited to talk about the Galosinho horses. Did I get that right? Galosinho. You got that right. Yay. I've never heard of them. So, but I got to tell you, I looked at the pictures and they are stinking cute. And that comes from a guy who owns Hackneys. So... Uh, <laughs> he knows cute. Yeah. I know cute ponies when I see him. But they aren't ponies. That's the first thing. In, in all the literature, the Galicinos are referred to as small horses, but yet they're 12 to maybe 13 and a half hands? That's correct. Uh, 12 to 13.2. Um, they're pony size, but they have horse proportions. So that's, uh, that's why we recognize them as, uh, as true horses. So it's like the miniature horse, you know, they, they, they're proportioned like a horse. Yeah. Yeah. Except they're not, that's their genetics to be of that size. Mm -hmm. What were, so where did they come from originally? Well, originally, uh, depends on how far back you want to go. Um, the uh, Galicino breed came out of Mexico, out of the Yucatan Peninsula. Okay. And uh, they are, in fact, the first horses that were brought to the Americas, uh, by uh, Columbus and Cortez, and Cortez used them uh, in the invasion of uh, of Mexico um, back in 1519. So we're looking at a 500-year history in the Americas. Huh. Um, they, after the conquest, uh, um, Cortez established various um, settlements, and he had these horses uh, brought over to Mexico and. They were pretty much isolated there for the last 500 years. Now, their history before that, where they come from, is uh, uh, Iberian Peninsula, particularly uh, Portugal and adjacent Spain. And their DNA tests have showed them to be related to the Goranos, which are also an endangered breed. I was going to say, I never heard of them either. <laughs> <laughs> Good golly. Yeah. Um, they're, they're ancient horses and... Uh, um, there's about 400 of them left in Portugal. Um, oh, really? same size, same, um, the, almost the same identical DNA. Um, and our horses are shown to be, um, pure descendants of, uh, of that ancient breed. So how did you become associated or familiar with the breed? <laughs> yeah, he um, chuckles. It was kind of by accident. <laughs> It's kind of by accident because uh, our partner, uh, Hey Reinhardt, um, 
had a connection to uh, uh, Galicinos that were brought out of Mexico into Texas and from Texas to Spokane, Washington, where her grandfather was involved with them. And uh, that was back in the early uh, early 60s into the, about the 1970s. Um, and as it turned out, there was a couple of them left uh, with her mother in Idaho. And we went and picked those horses up and learned about the history real quick. Um, and I was absolutely fascinated with their history. So found out more, found out where the, uh, most of the breeders were still in Texas, went there and bought a couple more and then a couple more. It's like potato chips. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) So what, tell us a little bit about the, the traits of the breed. What are they known for? Well, besides being small, uh, they are extremely intelligent. They're uh, very quick to learn. They're eager to please. Uh, very gentle nature. Uh, great with kids. Uh, most people look at them as a, as a child's horse, mostly because of their size and personality. But an adult can ride them as well. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, they're too small for for adult, but they're not. They, uh, they're very short back, so I suspect it. that they're good weight carriers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and the bone structure is uh, um, a little different than most uh, um, most of the other uh, horses. Um, very solid. Yeah. Uh, yes. It, everything when you when you look at the pic- confirmation pictures on the Galasinos of Swanee Horse Ranch pictures, and I love that you have pictures when you talk about the horses' traits and confirmation. Everything about this little guy says sturdy. <laughs> He's not fat like you would associate a pony with. He looks very much like a horse. And if you didn't have any reference points, you'd say that was a horse. But short-backed, very strong through the connection at the shoulder and real strong through the connection at the hip. Yeah, I can see how an adult would be able to comfortably ride them. Now, are they three-gated or multi-gated? Which are they? Um, (laughs) When we train them uh, and saddle, they do the usual walk, rock, canter. Um, but when we see them out in the pasture uh, and they decide to start moving, they have a running walk that's, uh, that keeps up with other horses in, in a fast trot, uh, very smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had them do that under saddle by accident. Uh, in other words, uh, they have, have a predisposition. Really, okay. Yeah, they do. Uh, we just don't know how to get them to do it on on our command. <laughs> They'll do it when they want to. <laughs> as as our horses. Okay, and so they're a little bit like a pony then. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, what color? What uh, they are the variety pack of colors, or like like fells where they're all in one color? They are a variety pack. Okay. Uh, all kinds of solid colors from uh, from white to solid black, everything in between, chestnut. Uh, with, there's a lot of roans and, uh, and a lot of uh, linebacks, uh, done factor. Um, but what we don't have are paints or um, uh, Appaloosa spotted. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, so, B, you know, they... Uh, I I read that they're really good at endurance too. Are are they used in endurance riding at all? Uh, they are, and um, 
I, I really wish we had the opportunity to do that where we are in, in North Florida, but uh, um, hoping to find some riders that will take some of ours on these endurance rides because they can, they can outperform almost any other horse. They're just amazing in that regard. Uh, I do know that our uh, friends that have used them on uh, ranches, uh, cattle roundups, and so forth in Texas, they use them all day long. Um, whereas other people might have some other breed of horse, like a quarter horse, and uh, they'll take out, take out a horse in the morning, and then they have another horse for the afternoon work. People with the Galicinos, one horse all day long. Hmm. And I'm a driver. That's what I do with the Hackney. So it, are they good for driving? They are. Um, we trained one of our uh, horses to pull a, a cart, and... Um, uh, she had absolutely no problem with it. It didn't, it didn't take long to train her to, uh, to pull it, to get used to it being there. And, and she was proudly pulling it along. Um, uh, so yeah, for driving, perfect, uh, for riding English Western, perfect. They'll do anything that you ask them to do. Huh. So and what are the, what are the most common things that you see this breed doing Today, in the in the 21st century, what, what do most folks do with their Galasinos? Well, uh, we see people, uh, and, and within our own group, um, writing both in English and, and Western. Uh, but the one thing that they really like is trail, because they're curious. They want to see what's around the next bend, and they're very um, able to put it, to just uh, take them anywhere. And... Uh, uh, of course, they don't tire out on the trail either. So, um, as a as a family horse, trail horse, it's it's perfect for them. And, and how but many in are competition, there in, they'll do anything. How many of them are in the United States now? Um, we estimate now there's probably less than a hundred, wow. and that's in the world wow. uh, because they're pretty much gone out of Mexico. Wow. That's, that is a rare breed. <laughs> That's a rare breed. And uh, the, the reason you haven't heard of them is, uh, although they were very popular back in the, uh, in the 1960s, 1970s, uh, the people who had them back then um, basically have, have uh, either retired, died out, or whatever. And uh, so they're, they're not out there in the public as much as they were so what we're trying to do is to bring them back. They're not only in popularity, but uh, first, you, we need numbers so that we can yeah. um, make them available for yeah, people. Yeah, you can't get them out we there unless a, you have some, right? I mean, yeah. exactly. And uh, kind of that's what happened to them. That's why the numbers went down because they were being uh, distributed to people, uh, families around the country, but they were not in breeding situations. So after they um, retired, got old whatever they uh they just they were gone um so just a, a handful of people who were still breeding them provided a few here and there but even those people have stopped breeding uh we do know of uh i've heard a couple of uh, places that are still um uh, breeding them with quarter horses um so they're you know they're not pure but they're great horses because yeah, because they have that Galasino background. Yeah. Well, I'll tell. That's all a matter of marketing. They wanted the bigger horse. Right. Yeah, I get that. 
Well, I got to tell you, we're going to put a link to your website in our show notes so people can go look at the pictures. You got to go look at the cute pictures of the of the uh, of the small horses. I almost called them ponies again, but of the small horses, you have to go there and see the Galasinos. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's so much fun to learn about these breeds that there's so few left of in the world. And next time, we're right down here in Ocala, and we go up Route 75. So next time we're going by Live Oak, we're going to stop in and play with the play with the small horses. Walk among living history. We'd love to have you. Horse people know that they can count on Ovation's value, quality, and style when it comes to hard-wearing schooling attire affordable show gear for horse and rider, or top-of-the-line equipment for riders at every level. From breeches to bridle work, saddles to stock ties, helmets to half chaps, Ovation is the premier brand of riding apparel and equipment for you and your horse in the United States, outfitting riders at every level from head to toe. Ask for Ovation brand riding helmets, breeches, and footwear at your local tax store, or go online to OvationRiding.com and see the fantastic variety of quality, fashion-forward, affordable products from Ovation. OvationRiding.com Well, I just got back last night from PodFest, which is the second largest podcasting conference for podcasters in the world. And actually, it's my fifth year doing it. Uh, it's my fifth What's year... The- What's the first largest? Uh, it's called Podcast Movement. And that includes a lot of radio guys and NPRs. This is all independent podcasters. Wow. Uh, so and we, how many people came to this? Well, that's what thing? I was going to say. Five years ago, I kind of helped organize this five years ago. And we had 100 people in a hotel, in a motel by the strip club in Tampa. Um, this now, <laughs> f- five years, literally the strip club was in the parking lot. Uh, five years ago, or f- five years later, we had 1,800 people in the Marriott World Center, one of the biggest hotels in all of Orlando. We, you have to take a shuttle bus from the parking garage to the front of the hotel. That's how big it is. Uh, and it was amazing. I mean, it was just amazing to see the transformation. I mean, you and I have seen podcasting go from nothing when we started to this massive thing now. And that was evidenced by the number of independent podcasters there. And oh, by the way, I want to say hi to everybody that has a podcasting friend that came up to me and said, my friend listens to your shows. So <laughs> I there are a lot of that, by the way. Um, so welcome to all you horse people that have friends that podcast and came to Orlando. It uh, it was a good time. We had a great time. And I'm going to tie this in with my happy story because there was a very happy story that came out of it. At the end, they always give a couple of awards. And uh, there's only like three awards that they give out at this conference. One of them... I'm honored is named after me. It's called the Glenn the Geek Community Hero Award because I was the first one to win that years ago. And they actually named it that now. It's right on the award. Uh, and I want, it went to Zach, uh, uh, Demop, Demopolis. I can't ever say his name. Uh, Zach is a really great guy. He does a lot for the industry and for other people. And that's why he won the award. So congratulations, Zach. Uh, for that. But then one of her own got an award and she knew nothing about it. I didn't know anything about it because they know I can't keep my mouth shut either. So they probably didn't tell me ahead of time for that reason. But uh, our own Jemmy got the High Achiever Award at PodFest for growth in, in podcasting. She was so shocked. I mean, she basically bawled her eyeballs out the whole time. She was, uh, there's nobody who cries more than you as Jemmy. 
Um, so <laughs> she's on stage, totally shocked in front of 1,800 people, and uh, gave a very emotional talk after. And we want to congratulate Jemmy. It was really amazing that she got that. Because those of that us that know her know you know, what she's gone through as a single mom and to put all this together and to build a business has, has not been easy. And I want to congratulate her because she, she really deserved that. And, and to be recognized in front of your peers like that is really, really cool. So, so congratulations to Jemmy. One of the things I learned, and we're going to talk a little bit more about my pet peeves of this conference in the auditor section and the post show. But one of the things I learned is, geez, the amount of enthusiasm right now for podcasting is incredible. Uh, there are over 900,000 podcasts right now. Wow. Uh, over 200,000 of them, they estimate, are active. The rest have fallen you know, off the wayside. Uh, but I wanted to give a shout out to one other person. I had this guy come up to me named Evo Terra. Evo had the 20th podcast in existence like 20 years ago. He, he, he started the 20th podcast, and he's like a legend in the industry. He said, I want to have breakfast with you tomorrow morning, and I didn't know why. I thought I was in trouble. So I went to breakfast with him, but I had to thank him first because when I started in 2006, I didn't know what to do. So I went to Barnes & Noble, which is what you did back then, right? You went to the, the bookstore book to find a book, and there was this book called Podcasting for Dummies. Remember when all the dummies books were popular? The yellow ones? Yes. Well, I got Podcasting for Dummies. He wrote that book. So I had to have breakfast with the guy that really taught me how to podcast back in 2006. And I told him that story. He said, geez, nobody's told me that in a very long time. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was kind of cool. It's kind of full circle there. So so why did he want to have breakfast with you? Uh, just to talk about podcasting in the future and what's going on. And, you know, we had a great chat because we're both veterans and have been around a long time. Um, so it was kind of neat, you know, to sit down with him, the guy who really helped me get started and didn't even know it uh, all those years ago. So there was a lot of really cool things, met a lot of really neat people. And of course, for me, it's like a family reunion. I have two families, my horse family, you guys on this side, and then my podcasting family, which is all the podcasters I know from going to these conferences. So it was you a lot of fun. One. Your actual family. And one other thing I did that was so cool... Jamie, and I wish you had been there because I think you would have had a blast. Uh, my friend Robin, who is a trained improv actor, and I, we did an improv class, and we talked about how improv can improve your your hosting skills and your interviewing skills, and we had a blast. We had the greatest group, about 100 people, and we just had a blast. I had so many people come up after and say that was their favorite thing. It was funny. It was, uh, and I think people got the point, and Robin was terrific. She's really quick on her feet. So uh, improv, it was fun to teach improv again. Again. It's been a long time since I've done that. So it was it was kind of cool. That was that was fun for me. So that was Podfest. And congratulations to Jemmy. Yay, girl. Yay, well Jemmy. done. I, I never saw her take uh, they gave her a gold medal and I, I didn't see it come off at all. Uh, the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she slept with that. She slept with that on. <laughs> so that was really cool. I'm, I'm very excited for her. Let's do some first world problems. <laughs> All right. Well, these are equestrian first world problems sent in by you, the listener, more specifically the auditors. And I want to remind you, if you have an equestrian problem, it is first world. And what is up with all y'all posting your real problems? We don't want to hear those. Keep your real problems to yourself. We want your dramatic first world problems. <laughs> All right. So like Matt, I mean, this has been a, like an ongoing saga for a couple weeks now. 
is he's waiting on new boots. And he says, my new boots finally came in. And they don't fit. But now I have to break them in. Oh. <laughs> that would be funnier. See? Should be thankful, Matt. Yeah. At least they fit. You're not shipping them back and waiting another three months. <laughs> All right, the next one comes in from Alex. The weather was so nice yesterday. We were able to pull the horse's blankets off, but then it was time for Brad to ride, and my horse looked like Two-Face from Batman. <laughs> I'd be, uh, that'd be a horse laid in the mud, Alex. <laughs> on one side. Um, Jackie says, I had a haircut on Tuesday, and I did not like it, but the only time they had available to fix it was Saturday, right after my lesson, so I had to go to the hairdresser for my breeches and my helmet head. <laughs> the only bad part is that they ruined your I helmet know, head. I did they fix it? <laughs> Perfectly good helmet head. Um, yeah, I mean, mine has grown out. It grows. It grows quick. I was going to ask you if you're still bald. No. No? Okay. no I'm not I never was bald. I'm just <laughs> missing a chunk. And for those Let's that don't say. know what that's about, go back a couple of weeks and listen to the uh, blower accident. Oh, God. Yeah. Got my hair <laughs> caught in an electric leaf blower trying to blow out the automatic waterers. I can still picture that. Old I scene feel like I head. should tell people that and remind them of that because they don't <laughs> warn you about that on the box. Do not blow near your head because it will suck your hair in and then you have to cut your hair off. Moving on. When I need a chuckle, when I'm feeling down, I think of this. <laughs> Glad I can entertain you. Yeah, no problem. When you can't sleep at night and you're like super anxious and depressed a little bit, just <laughs> think about me getting my hair caught in a blower and then have to walk around looking for a pair of scissors <laughs> with a blower holding it up by my face. Like, please tell me it was a plug-in blower and the cord was dangling as you were walking around. Oh no, that's the that's the magical part. That's the first world part of it is that it's a fancy electric leaf blower. <laughs> and it doesn't it just uses like a DeWalt battery. Oh okay. so it's even awesomer. <laughs> Which ba those batteries are really heavy and that blower is really heavy, and I was getting really tired of walking around looking for a freaking pair of scissors. I had to go all the way into the hayloft to get a never mind. Let's move past this. Let's get past your first world problem. <sighs> Sally says, My horses have gotten so fat for not being in exercise this winter that I have to condition them to lose weight before I can actually get on with normal training. Or you could well, feed them less. All of us are fat right now. Coming out of winter. I got to condition myself too. Um, Stephanie says it was sunny and warm at the barn yesterday, but the wind, oh, it's sunny and warm at the barn and the wind is drying the mud. But all the wind blew the shavings back in my face when I was dumping the buckets. <laughs> After my ride, I was super sweaty and I had pea-soaked bedding stuck all over my face. I hate when that happens. That does suck. God, I, we've all done it and it sucks. You know what? Chapstick in the winter is a necessity. And you wear chapstick. Oh, I wear chapstick all the time. And God bless. Why, do I, why is it a mental problem for me to put on chapstick and then groom a shedding horse? Ugh. Then you get... <laughs> <laughs> That happens even without chapstick. <laughs> it's true, but it's even worse because then it just doesn't blow up. Um, Robin says that this one's for you. She wanted to let you know. I oh. guess you know her daughter Morgan yeah, very yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. They were on she the said cruise. They were uh, having lunch, and she realizes that her child spits out first world problems every minute. There's too much ice in my drink. I don't like this sour cream. Why do we have to eat Mexican food? I don't like these beans. Uh, she said, I too can bad. see Morgan She's... doing that too. Yeah. They said, oh, we're going to change Morgan's name to so Morgan FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Debbie says, I just got back from a fun endurance convention and I'm all pumped up to go for a ride, but my horse said a trainer and I have to go to work. <laughs> Katie job. says, my horse is so <laughs> quiet and so good that I'm going to have to pass him down to my niece eventually because he's too good not to be a kid's horse and I'm the favorite auntie and I have so much fun riding him. I don't want to share. <laughs> God bless. I do that too. Like, uh, you, like he's so good. Somebody else needs him. Give me the crazy. I'll fix it. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, Robin also says that she can't decide what show colors to use for her chestnut mare. So many. Chestnut mare. Huh? What would you use for a chestnut mare? Not red. I don't know. I don't Black, know. Blue? I, I always use like either na- like navy blue or hunter green on a chestnut. Yeah. I, you don't have many options <laughs> that don't clash. Cream uh, and navy blue or cream, cream and hunter green good. or yeah, royal yeah. blue. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Then Depends they start the, to look like a flag. Depends on the the the, yeah. the the color of the chestnut, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Colleen says the weather has been absolutely gorgeous, and the ground is completely thawed in New England. I'm ready to go, but I can't drag my arena because my four wheeler won't start. <laughs> uh, Katie says my husband parked the gator between my pasture and the dog pen, blocking the hitching post, and has a flat tire, so now I have to walk my horse up the one and all the way around my house to get to the hitching post on the other side oh my god leave that guy what was he just thinking? hook your horse up to it and pull it tiffany said i hit myself in the face with a feed bucket and i got a black eye <laughs> and she showed a picture too. and Is it she really legit a black eye? has a black eye another <laughs> auditor sent me a message that she hit herself in the face trying to pull a shoe and she hit herself in the and the top of the eye and has like the, i mean it is all right hold on <laughs> and explain that your husband's not beating you. You know, uh, that- you know what? <laughs> Carrie gets the, that girl too. That is part of equestrian first world problems is you're kind of that girl. So Carrie says, I put my spill proof coffee mug in with my riding clothes tote bag. Well, it turns out spill proof <laughs> only applies <laughs> when you use a correct lid to the mug. Oh, no. no, duh. She's like, good news is I enjoyed the smell of coffee during my ride. Bad news is that pulling on coffee soaked breeches and 20 degree weather sucks. Oh, I hope it weren't white. That would have really sucked. <laughs> that would have really sucked. And those are your equestrian first world problems. Please feel free to share. If you want to become an auditor and share with me your equestrian first world problems, what do they do, Glenn? They go to horseradionetwork.com. Scroll down the right side of the page. You'll find the auditor banner. And for as little as $3 a month, you too can join the party. Well, it is time for you. Every time you go out to Monty's, or at least when he's there, uh, you you make him sit down and talk to you. I don't know how you do that, but you glue, you glue him to the chair because he doesn't I make sit Debbie, very well. Debbie, 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 can you get your dad? <laughs> Debbie, when can you get your dad? I need to talk to your dad. I need to sit down with your dad. So and he just got back from a long trip, so I'm sure he really felt like doing this. Do you know what's funny is the man never stops, and you can you can tell. I'll 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 paint the picture for you, Mr. Roberts. Monty, can I? You know, Dad. Dad, she's gonna come talk to you now. Okay, I'll be in the uh, in the office, and I go in the office, and he is surrounded by pictures of horses, like standing, like stallions at stud, and he is drawing. He has like a triangle that he draws to figure out confirmation and horses that have a good stride and the point of their shoulder versus the point of their hip and like where a straight line would meet. It's really complicated. <clears throat> 
but it's his little confirmation thing. And his client in Australia is trying to learn about it. So, and they want to like download it into a computer and try to write a computer program of the way he like oh, likes to see confirmation. Yeah, Basically this person in Australia is trying to download his brain, mm. like flying out there for two months at a time. They're buying yearlings. He's, he started this race business. We need to get him on or Debbie on to talk about what he's doing. It's fascinating stuff. There's an article I'll share, uh, on our horses, in the morning page. It's just fantastic. What's what he's doing. So anyway, I go in the office and there's hundreds of pictures of horses spread out everywhere, all over the desk. And there's pens and rulers. And he is drawing on these pictures with the rulers and like measuring and looking at things. And, and then he goes to the next one and he's just drawing and drawing and measuring and drawing. And then he does the next one drawing and measuring. And so, that is what he is doing during the entire. So I, I asked listeners for questions. Okay. I said, please let me have your questions. Well, he was in such a zone of drawing and he didn't look up. He just sat there drawing and doodling and answering questions. <laughs> 30 minutes, Glenn. I talked to him for 30 minutes. You know how many questions I got answered? Well, three. I, I, yeah, I knew that three. I was like, you talked <laughs> really, there's only three questions in that long file. Jen. Yeah. Three Jen edited it down to like 24 minutes because like I said, he was just in the zone and he's just, and he just thinks about it and answers it. And oh, I tried that. Like it was like, he was, it was just, but it was awesome to watch the way that his brain works when he's measuring and almost just, he doesn't even have to think about the answers to the questions. He just, it's just so part of his existence to be able to, and I, these were not common questions and they're not like the, the, yeah, the you had a little bit of variety this time. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was fascinating to just watch his brain, like sit there and do one thing, but then talk about a completely different other thing. It was, it was amazing. And I was really incredibly lucky to kind of sit on, on that and just see, I mean, he's a, he's a master. You guys, if you, I mean, he is who he is. I have been there for since 2015, going up to the house and doing these Q and A's and, and spending time with their family. And it is just number one, it's a total honor and thrill. Sure. But it is, it is a lesson in somebody who is just good. That boy is good. Well, let's hear it. Let's play. Okay. It. Here we go. Uh, so here's Monty in his house the other night. Well, I'm lucky enough to be sitting here with Monty Roberts to ask him your questions. But first, we get to start with one of mine. And that this this one, this one might stump you, Monty. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I can be stumped pretty easy, really. Okay, so I, I bred, raised, imprinted a filly. She is now three years old, and we've started getting on her and and we just backed her about three or four times with somebody leading her and we went to ask her to move forward and she wouldn't move forward. No amount of clucky. So we've been leading and then I get, go try again to get her to move forward by myself. She won't go. So then I'm like, I'm going to just teach her the, the clock and the voice commands and use the lines to send her forward. And so I'll clock and toss the line out at her if she doesn't move forward. Well, now what she does is when I, clock and I send her forward, she kind of comes at me a little bit. Like she bows up on me. 
comes at you while you're sitting in the saddle? While I'm in the round, I'm, if I'm in the round pin and I'm on the ground, I will clock. I'm trying to teach her voice commands because she just will not move unless she's being led. And she's been ridden six or seven times and she will not move forward. So then I thought, I'm going to get off, stay on the ground and teach her moves means move forward. And I'll toss a line and let her kind of understand the clock means move forward. And then I'll get on her and clock. But I can't even teach her the clock from the ground because she pins her ears and gets almost a little bit aggressive with me. The first time she did that, you know, it was a mistake, a a, a real mistake. Um, She's being told she must do something and there's pressure being put on her and she's going to be one of those that resents that kind of thing and um, she's going to take action against you. That's clear. And it, and it happens right away. If I ask you, what are horses anyway? What kind of policies do horses have? What are they? And you say... To be safe, survive, and reproduce. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what is their ritual what are their habits in life to conserve energy what i'm after is someone to say they're a herd animal they want to be with the herd you're not yet a part of a herd you're something to fight off in her case or flee from and obviously she's not the fleeing type (laughs) she's the fighting type And so that, you know, that's, I started to say that's all right. It's not all right. It's not a good policy for any horse to have because as a domestic horse, that becomes something that's very difficult to deal with. I've had to deal with a lot of them that have the fight tendencies. And um, that is not a good thing. So what we have to what we have to do is realize that this is a horse that has that tendency to fight you off and they're herd animals. So what I would do with a horse like that is to bring another horse in and cluck to the other horse that probably will go away and the horse goes away and let her emulate that other horse going away and and on um, reflection she will stop and think oh yes also I'm a flight animal so I can go away and she'll then begin to marry the clock with the going away but only with another horse then you could get on the other horse and lead her and cluck and go, cluck and go. And I would use a dually halter. I would clip onto one side. I would have it in a schooling position. And um, and then I would lead her firmly and get her thinking, oh, cluck and go, cluck and go. And you could, you could, I mean, one thing about this horse that you're talking about is that 
she could be a very good teacher for you because she's going to be demonstrative. That's just clear. She's going to demonstrate how she feels about life and what she thinks of all this thing called domestication and being trained. And you're going to work on ways to deal with that. And every single thing that you accomplish will be a huge learning curve for you. It'll, it'll teach you a lot about what horses are. And, um, man, they all, they all have a personality. Um, horses are a lot more similar one to the other than humans are. But it isn't, the, it isn't a fact that they are just without a personality of their own. They have one. And some horses are more sensitive than others, some less. Some horses are more apt to be uh, aggressive than others, some much less. Horses are not normally very aggressive. I mean, the testosterone-filled stallion will learn to fight fairly fast, but Typically, the geldings and the young males and the fillies don't want to. Then you'll find a filly that'll chase you out of the place. I had one do it last week with me. Um, she had controlled, this particular sensitive filly, had controlled a group of about five young ladies that were taking care of the horses there. And when I got there, they said they couldn't catch her in the stall. Could not catch her in the stall. I said, come on. This is a filly that I started. Had a rider on her already and everything. Can't catch her in the stall. So I opened the door and went in, and she sprung off the back wall and came at me with her mouth wide open. And I stepped out the door, and she jammed her teeth onto the wall, and then she started to turn around and go away with some with some speed. She started to turn around and go away. So I started to step back through the door again. And I looked at both hind feet right square, about six inches from my face. Both hind feet. And I said, look at this. She, I can't catch her in the stall either. I'm going to get killed. So what did I do? Well, I'm one of those people that was born and raised in rodeo and things like that. I tie a Honda in one of my long lines and I make a loop and I step in there again and I start to shake this thing at her, the line. And she goes back into the corner and then kind of looks out the corner and I pitch the line, not with a whirling action, I just pitch it from a standstill, and it goes right around her head, right up to the throat latch. And she says, oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> Once she was caught, I could lead her up to me. I could rub her. She was as kind as she could be. And now those girls take a line in their hand and go in there, and she comes right up to them. <laughs> and... There will be a time when she will hearken back, get angry about something and hearken back and possibly hurt somebody. That tendency is in there and she's going to have to live, 
we're going to have to live with that. Always watching to be to be to be safe. So uh, that's one one thing. But use all that there is to offer. You have other horses. You have some kids' horses hanging around. Put her in a round pen with that. Do a join up with two horses, and then cluck and send your other horse away. And I bet you you'll see her start to be a horse again instead of a man-eating monster. <laughs> I love yeah? it. Okay, so this one comes from Lindsay. And Lindsay has been dealing with some issues with her horse for quite some time. And, and I've talked to her off and on. And, and uh, there's just... I'm exhausted of my ideas. So I figured I told her to write down everything in a, in a list of his behaviors and what can she do? Yeah. Um, okay. So the horse is extremely grumpy while being handled on the ground before a ride, typically much calmer after the ride, very angry about having the neck and shoulder touched fine with the barrel and the flanks girthies, Excessively grumpy about having the saddle or blanket put on. Both of them fit. Lots of ear pinning, teeth grinding, tail swishing. Will occasionally threaten to bite. Will occasionally threaten to kick. Has kicked her a couple times. And he. she then says he does this with me very consistently, but does not do it nearly as bad as with the person that leases the horse. She's had ulcer meds. She's had chiropractor. She's had acupuncture. She's had vitamin E, all the vitamins that she could think of. And this is kind of where she's at. But But she's not as bad with some other person. That's what she says, yes. That's what the lady said. She describes this behavior to the girl that's leasing the horse, and the girl that's leasing the horse does not see this behavior. I see. It only happens with her. I see. Okay. So this behavior in this this category of of behavior is is quite common really. And what you will find is that in the early stages, somebody was a little bit aggressive with brushing, currying, or something like that. And maybe when she was even pretty small, they just sort of lowered it over and held her and and scrubbed on her. And she remembers that if she fights them off, she can get away with it. Plastic bags on a stick, rubbing, rubbing, rubbing. Um, all sorts of things that you can use that are easy to be soft, easy easy to rub a horse with and not cause any pain. Rub the dickens out of them, you know. And you'll find that I had another filly that they go to girth her up and she would eat their ears off and just... The girth isn't even tight yet, but she's anticipating that it's going to be tight. And then she would just dive. And I mean, literally try to kill these people. And I said, wow, has she had a bad girth on here that hurt her? When We don't think so. Well, I'm looking and she thinks she's going to get hurt. 
So here's what I want you to do. And I put the rope of the dually halter through a ring on the wall and stood there. And they put the saddle on. The girth comes around. They reach down to get it, watching carefully, you know. And when they put the leather into the buckle, she makes her dive. And man, do I get a hold of her with that dually through the ring. And I jam her head right back up to the wall. And she looked at me like, what was that? Nobody's ever done that before. And I said, don't everybody get excited now. Just relax. And take the saddle off and put it back on again. And go through the first effort again. And she did it lesser and lesser, about three or four times. And then on about the fourth, maybe the fifth time, she let them, she kind of cocked an ear and took a look at them. But then she let them go ahead and buckle it up. And I said, unbuckle it. Oh, no, we got it on. No, (laughs) unbuckle it. Do it again. It's the first buckling. Oh, yeah, they said, you know, if we come back in and we want to tighten it, she's fine. So something about the first buckling got her. Mm -hmm. So if you hearken back, you'll find a curry comb, a wire brush, something that they used, hurt her at some point, and and that's happening. So you, you go through the rubbing process of those areas. Now this filly that I'm telling you was so vicious, let's buckle it up the first time. There was never any issue of pain. Mm-hmm. wasn't that at all. It was control. Having had the pain, she learned how to control them. And, uh, yeah, it, it's fun to do these things because once you, once you get on the mindset of the horse, once you get into their brain, it, it, you just step back and think, what's going on here? And then you think about ways, just like your horse that won't go away from you in the round pen. Think about ways to cause it to happen and be a good thing and not a bad thing, and you'll probably get it done. Awesome. Okay, the next question comes from Erica, and I'm going to paraphrase it. Uh, Basically, she has an off-the-track thoroughbred who, when she's riding, goes from the walk, goes from the walk to the trot, then the trot to the canter, and she can't seem to keep him in control. He's not bolting. He's not running away. He just has a lot of energy. And this kind of, kind of my question too, on a thoroughbred, what I would have told her is do what we did with Thor, which was when he took off, then we put him to work. But I've tried that now with one of my thoroughbreds and they just, it's not as, as not a big a payment as it was for my Mustang. The price isn't as, they don't care. They'll just keep going and going and going until they hurt themselves versus learning to slow down. So what would you say for a horse off the track thoroughbred who gets too fast? Well, you're absolutely right. Um, Every horse is an individual. Some things work for this one and some things for that. Now, 
a lot of those things, like the one you did with Thor, work for a high percentage of horses. Maybe even as much as 90%. But there will come along that horse that, particularly a retiring thoroughbred, racehorse. They've learned that running is their thing and and oftentimes that just happens then over and over again that they run because that's what nature intended them to do. But if that horse, as I suggested, put your hands down and I think we stopped him and backed him up when he went... When he took off, we would canter him in circles. Cantered the circles, and that didn't work with this next one. No, but with the one that I had, I tried the cantering in circles, but as a thoroughbred, I had to make the decision to stop him before he was going to injure himself yeah. because he just didn't care about yeah. it. It was not a price at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what I would try, as opposed to the thing that worked with your horse which was to bring them into a tiny circle, uncomfortable to travel that way, and then let them go again, and try to keep the reins loose, 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 until they do too much running, and then small circle again. If that doesn't work, and they just keep doing it over and over again, then drop. you still have to drop the hands. Drop the hands, let them make the mistake of going too fast put something on their head that will stop them and stop them and back them up. And when I tell you back them up, get the horse backing good and willingly. That is to say... Generously backing up, yeah. Yeah. And you might back up a quarter of a mile. I don't know. You might back all the way home. I don't know. But you'll feel them come off of that. Then drop your hands and let them go forward again. And when they are going too fast, when they're going to bolt and hit the gear, you halt and back up. Halt and back up. And you can do it from going into a trot from a walk. You can do it from a standing position where... They won't stand still and they start inching forward. Let them inch forward. Let them make the mistake. I don't know, two, three, four steps forward. Stop and back up 10 and drop your hands. And pretty soon they will learn, even though the reins are loose, I can't just take over and go the speed I wanna go. So the small circles work beautifully in many, many cases. Stopping and backing up. I worked with a horse this year that stopping and backing up was the only way. And uh, this was a big, big filly and very strong. And oh boy, she wouldn't stand still for a second. And then she was just off. Good. Off you go. Three steps, stop, back up, 10. Three steps, stop, back up, 10. 15, 20, backwards. Hands down, let her make the mistake. Then they'll start to say, oh, no, the reins are down, but if I go forward, I'm going to have to stop and back up. And you'd be amazed. 
if you were if you were teaching the Western horse to pirouette, for instance, with his feet, his hind feet staying in one spot and moving the front only. Like spinning? Spinning, yeah. Then you would do this same thing, exactly the same thing. Most horses are not running away, so they'll just take a step or two forward and you stop them back up. And when you can rock them back and get them backing up, then you just take one rein and they come around. And as soon as they step out of the pirouette divot that's in the ground, you back them up. Drop the reins, pick up one rein, start your spin again. And with spin, I mean drill. It's just a walking one at first. I'm doing that with the racehorses now. And it quiets them. They don't have a place to go. I'm doing it with a lot of racehorses. A Western-style spin, but not spin as in going fast. Just walking with the hind feet staying in one spot, walking around in front. Like a turn on the haunches, basically. turn on the haunches. So what's the benefit of that to a racehorse? Well, uh, during the time that they are a racehorse, um, there's not a great deal of benefit in that, except that if it's one way to cause them to be quiet, to relax, to walk instead of jigging and jogging and pulling at the bit, then it's it has served you well, even with the racehorse. That's in racing. But I haven't done that many in racing. I've done a few, and I, and I have had some respond to it very well. And you can go to Australia right now and you can meet a couple of girls that do that quite a lot. And they'll trot a horse up um, dirt road. Trot, 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 stop, pirouette. Trot, 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 stop, pirouette. And then those jigging, very tense horses will quiet down and just walk. This is just a great exercise for all people that have an off-the-track thoroughbred that comes off and... I mean, you've just described almost every horse that comes off the racetrack. This was a great exercise for you guys. So, Well, it is almost every horse that comes off the racetrack, unfortunately, um, because they have never probably ever been asked to just walk along. Some exercise rider is sitting up there pulling on them constantly, and uh, there's, there just isn't the process of, of getting them to walk along and, and behave in a, in a normal fashion. But the, the, the people at the racetrack will tell you, we don't care about that much anyway. We could, we'll get a pony and, and pull its head to the saddle horn and, and ride a pony along. Uh, it'd be all right. You know, we, we don't need to worry about that. I need to worry about that. That's energy that they're dumping out before they get to the starting gate. And if you can keep a a racehorse quiet, you're way ahead of the game because most of them are not. Mm -hmm. And they will cook uh, energy that's precious to them in a race. Yeah? Monty, thank you so much. Quite all right. Well, that was great. It's always fun when you do these because you do have a – he likes you, so there's a rapport there. Um. I haven't done one in quite a long time. So it was, 
I don't know. It's just really cool to kind of get back into it and have people ask questions. And and like I said, they're fairly unique questions and unique answers. And I've been dealing with Lindsay's question for a long time. I have really been helping her for a long time trying to sort out what is going on with her horse. And we've gone from supplements to different types of training to like different. I mean, we've looked at 20 different things. That poor girl is exhausted. And here's Monty's answer. And it is a 100 million percent different. Basically, it's like, <laughs> suck it up, buttercup. Desensitize him. He is not allowed to behave like that. Then that was it. I was like, oh, here's me the whole time. I'm like, well, maybe he needs some vitamin E and selenium. And maybe he has ulcers with this. Monty's like, train him. <laughs> He's an asshole. They didn't say that, but that's basically that's what, what he meant. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was he didn't really mean you, Lindsay. He meant your horse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not you, Lindsay. <laughs> not you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We have the Endurance Show tomorrow. Jamie back. We have a full week of shows for you this week. So I think Mary Kitzmiller's here on Thursday and Jennifer. So we hope that you join us this week for a full round of shows. Of course, you can find all of our show notes and links to everything we do at HorsesInTheMorning.com. And you can find uh, Jamie on Facebook. If you're looking for Jamie, she hangs out over there. I'm, you- too, I'm too old for Instagram. So yes. pretty much yeah. you guys I tried it looking at it the other day. I didn't get it. Uh, I'm way too old for Instagram. And uh, we hope that you're all safe where you are. Uh, keep your head down. If you, apparently, if you're over 60, you're not allowed to leave your house, according to the CDC yesterday. So enjoy listening to 24 hours a day of Horses in the Morning. Dude, planes were full, man. I don't care. <laughs> there was a lot of people in the airport. They had masks on. Were they all oh, under 60? Like. God, the guy next to me, I it was like fascinating flying from San Inez to Dallas was I was like, there's something wrong with you. And I know there's a health scare, but this guy like I'm like, you're going to dry out your hands like you're going to crack. He must have put hand sanitizer on 150 <laughs> times. And it's just me next to him. OK, I was like offended. Well, he you did have pink wipes. eye and look like you were <laughs> infected. So I was fine by then. He wiped down his chair. He wiped down the chair in front of him. He took down his tray table, wiped the tray table. He must have used 40 hand sanitizing wipes before he would actually. Be I got to admit, if he, I was flying right now, I think I'd be doing that, too. He hand sanitized the belt buckle. He took I got to tell you, there was a lot of here. more hand washing and, and sanitize. There were sanitizing stations, there were little, little goop stations everywhere at the hotel. I mean, people Here's were... me. I have pink eye and I'm, I go to the store and I'm like, I need hand sanitizer and I need they Clorox laughed, wipes. There was nothing. No, they, they had nothing. Yeah, they laughed I'm like, but I really need it. <laughs> like for real. <laughs> For like a thing. All right, everybody, we'll see you. Hang around, auditors, for the post show. There's more of this fun entertainment coming.